handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Cody Felger here, Mr. Lawrence Owen, Colts Law himself here with me. Lawrence, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. How how was your day, man? I had a wonderful Father's Day. I hope everyone out there had a good Father's Day as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my day was good, man. Really chill, laid back, kind of cloudy all day, not a whole lot going on. But, you know, and that's kind of how it is right now with uh, with the offseason. You know, not a whole lot going on, but, uh, you know, the content must go on. So we've been, Lawrence, we, we've been starting this new series. I guess not really new, but, you know, new this offseason. Uh, we've done the last couple offseasons, but Derek started it off looked at the quarterback position. We're looking at every single position, kind of talking about it. Derek talked about the quarterback position in pretty decent depth. And so today we want to talk about a position that, speaking of depth, is pretty deep um, all the way through. And that's the running back position. I mean, you really look at three of these guys and you feel really confident. I mean, you could even throw four of these guys in there you feel confident about. And so we're going to kind of break it down. We're going to start with the incumbent starter from last year, Jonathan Taylor. It's interesting, Lawrence, looking at the tail of two seasons for Taylor. I mean, I looked at the first part of his season, didn't ha- only had one game over 90 yards, and that was week two against the Minnesota Vikings, and then didn't have, a, have it up to week 10 um, against Green Bay. Then he had 90 yards, and then from there just kind of kept building and building and building um, until he exploded for 150 against uh, the Raiders and then 253 against Jacksonville to close out the season. What is your overall take on Jonathan Taylor now having a full offseason for the first time, you know, coming in off of really the a tremendous second half of the season? I think he finished third overall in rushing. What was your overall thoughts on Jonathan Taylor? Well, I mean, you hit it right there. He's going to have a full offseason, right? I mean, he, last year there was not a full offseason. He was, you know, freshly drafted, wasn't expecting to be a, to be a starter, you know, sitting behind Marlon Mack, they expected, or maybe carry 50-50 somewhere around in there. Mm-hmm. This year, I mean, he's looked at as the starter this year. He knows what his role is. He knows what he's got to go out there and prepare himself for. And I, I think it's great. Um, you, you look at like we was talking about, no offseason last year, not ready to start. Marlon Mack goes down week one, and the offensive line wasn't prepared for it. They didn't know how he liked the blocks, you know. He did not – he wasn't set up. He wasn't ready to hit that because he's got to understand how the offensive line blocks. And as the season wore on, as you say, the second tail of two halves, right? I mean, Marlon Mack kind of was giving him a little bit of advice here and there about, hey, if you feel it, don't think about it, just do it. You know, and it started it started to happen for him. And I I fully expect him to continue that streak that he had at the end of last year as we go into this 2021 season. Mm. Yeah, it was incredible to just see his ascension and his rise from people were it's crazy to think about now, you know, looking at it after his rookie season. But there were legitimately people that were saying Trent Richardson 2.0. Like, I cannot believe that people were saying that at some point in the season. But he obviously uh, completely in the second half shifted um, his production. And you mentioned Marlon Mack, how he was such a great teacher despite really going out really early in the season, week one against Jacksonville. 
But he was just a great teacher for Jonathan Taylor. And now getting him back, I mean, this is something that we were excited about last offseason, the combination between these two running backs. How are they going they were going to split carries? How are they complement each other? Marlon Mack, a lot of people seem to forget already. He was an 1,000-yard rusher in 2019 mm-hmm. and nearly won in 2018. So Marlon Mack is no slouch, right? And I think a lot of people think Jonathan Taylor is just going to do like from a handoff standpoint, he's going to just get his amount, um, the amount of touches he did last season. But you got to factor in Marlon Mack, who's a really good running back himself. I would argue one of the more patient backs in the league. What are your thoughts on Marlon Mack and kind of his role in this Colts offense here in 2021? Well, the the thing about Marlon Mack, as you mentioned, he, he's very patient. But another thing that's, that's huge on him is his ability to change directions like really fast. He's, he's able to move side to side, which is something that, that Taylor's not really good at. But we have to find out if that Achilles is going to affect that, right? A yeah. lot of what his production is going to be like is whether or not he's going to be able to come back fully from that Achilles tear, uh, like you mentioned, week one against Jacksonville. Uh, if he's able to come all the way back, I don't see Jonathan Taylor taking uh, 90% or even 80% of the running back snaps because you got two styles of two different style running backs out there. Uh, between him and Marlon Mack, both of them very, very good. Mack also shows that he, you know, he's very good out of the backfield. He's, he's also very, very good at pass blocking. You know, helping protect Frank Gore taught him all that. Now he's out there teaching other people. Uh, well, not just Frank Gore, but the previous running backs coach Tom Rathman. You know, who was very solid in teaching guys how to how to pass block and run between the tackles and ball security. That's very, very important, right? And that's one thing that I've noticed about all of our running backs for the Colts. You know, there, there, there's no ball security issues. Right. You, you see guys like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who gets like three, four fumbles, or maybe even more a year, you know? And we've seen our guys maybe one a season. And, and that's that's the most that you'll see. And if, if I assume that if, if somebody drops it twice in a season, they're going to be like, oh, he's got fumbleitis. But that's that's still below league average, you know. Right. Um, no, I, I think I think this is going to be a more of a, a 60 40 type type situation. And that's just between those two guys for how much they're carrying. Then you got the other running backs. Yes, you mentioned the uh, the other running backs. How about Naheem Hines, man? I mean, last season he had his best statistical season from a receiving standpoint. He had 63 catches. He led the Colts actually in receptions last year. Uh, he was he was fantastic. 482 yards, nearly 500 yards, and four touchdowns receiving. I felt like Lawrence. The biggest thing that he grew in was his running between the tackles. I felt like he, you know, that was kind of a thing that. We weren't really sure how good he was running between the tackles, but it seemed like, at least from what we saw, he got a lot better at that. Like, he actually was a legitimate threat on the ground. What was your takeaway from Naheem Hines' 2020 season, and how do you think he factors in to this running back room here in 2021? I think he's able to foresee the blocks and trust in his blockers in front of him a lot better. From what I've seen on the film, uh, I noticed that uh, he he's a little bit more patient, and he knows that when – a a play is drawn up. He knows that that block's going to happen and that lane will open up. So he will hit it. He will patiently and then smack it just the way, way Marlon Mack used to run it. And I think that he's probably how he, uh, how he grew into that last year, you know, the, the patience and looking and just hitting it when it's time to hit. Um, Naheem Hines 
a lot of people want to talk about how, you know, well, he's that gadget guy, but we all know he don't like to be called a gadget guy, right? <laughs> he does not like that. He is a football player. And that's the thing that I love about, he's not just a running back. He's a football player. He's going to be utilized as a overall football player, I believe, more so this year than he was in years previous. Uh, I think that he will end up probably lining up a lot more uh, as, a, as a wide receiver since we got Mac back, you know, mm -hmm. because obviously uh, Frank Reich said it a, a, a lot of times, you want to put your best football players on the field at the same time. And if that means that uh, Naheem Hines has to line up, you know, as a wide receiver occasionally, then sometimes that's going to have to happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, he'll still get his carries. He'll still get his carries. Um, I mean, come on. That, that, that's the great thing about having so many great running backs in this stable is the fact that they can split these up. You won't see much of a loss in production uh, between the three, and that'll keep them healthy and fresh, not only throughout a game so that later in the game they're breaking off monster runs, hmm. but later in the season. You remember, this is a 17-game season we're going into. So that's an, an extra week, an extra game. And that's more wear and tear on the body. It'll help him uh, stay healthy and fresh for the long haul all the way down, uh, even into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that is something that can't be understated. Just just how much these guys are going to help each other stay fresh. I think that's big. And that's a very underrated thing with how, how you really feel like you can trust all three of these guys mm -hmm. to be very, very effective. Um, Naheem Hines, especially with how fast he is and how shifty he is. Um, it's interesting how like, you know, Jonathan Taylor, obviously he has the speed too. I mean, we saw it many times last year, but I feel like Naheem Hines just has something different, right? He's just more shifty. He's quick. He's a big play waiting to happen. It feels like they both are, but it feels like Naheem Hines just has something extra um, just in terms, because he was the fastest running back coming out of that draft, if you remember. So he's got some some real um, straight line speed. I mean, he was a former track star. Mm -hmm. he's, he's one of those guys, I think, that just, uh, I'm really excited to see how he's utilizing this offense now with more of a mobile quarterback, you know, how they use him. Maybe they mm -hmm. get him the ball in space a lot more. I think there's just so many things that you can do with Naheem Hines, and it's just super exciting. But I wanted to mention the last guy here, the guy that's not really talked about a whole lot, but when he's been called upon, I thought he's been really solid, um, and that's Jordan Wilkins. Now, Jordan Wilkins, it's just been a bummer. It's just been, you know, just some really, really good players ahead of him. Um, he's just really been relegated to that reserve back role. He hasn't really done a whole lot, but he's shown some flashes when he's been uh, ha been called upon, right, when, when there's some injuries mm -hmm. have happened. What's your takeaway from Jordan Wilkins? Um, you know, obviously the Colts really haven't used a lot of their fourth running back, but when needed, what do you think he provides for this stable here in 2021? See, I think he's like all four of these running backs are completely different. You know, you, you got the power speedster in Jonathan Taylor, mm -hmm. Marlon Mack, you kind of a, kind of a, a well-rounded running back, a guy who's got a, got some quickness, got some moves, able to take it between the tackles and, and run with power. Then you got Naheem Hines, who is uh, accelerates very, very quickly, very nimble, tough to, to uh, bring down in the open field. And then you got Jordan Wilkins, a guy who doesn't make those massive cuts like what you would see from Marlon Mack or or um, Naheem Hines. His cuts are very, very light, very just slight, but just enough to where a tackler 
is not able to get a full hit on him. He's just, he just ends up being just an arm, trying to arm tackle him, which he's able to power through really, really well. Mm. Uh, and it shows very well um, his first two years. You know, he led the NFL, all running backs that had 50, uh, 50 carries or more those first two seasons that he was in the league. He led them all in average yards per carry mm. uh, for the his first two seasons in the NFL. Last year was a different story. I think it was a bad situation for him. Uh, Marlon Mack went down. Uh, Philip Rivers was out there, did not see. Uh, he, he was still kind of getting used to the guys, right? Uh, you, you had injuries with uh, Paris Campbell. You had injuries with Michael Pittman. So he couldn't really throw the ball around too much. So teams knew the Colts were going to run the football. Mm-hmm. And when it was Jonathan Taylor or or uh, Jordan Wilkins, those first six weeks, teams were just focused on stopping the run. And that really hurt his average and all the running backs average during those weeks. Um, but you're right. Wilkins is a, a very, he's a very good running back. I don't expect him to stay here past his uh, rookie season. Um, I expect that if he continues to show that he's productive he'll probably get an offer from another team. So maybe not a massive like $10 million offer, but he might get a four or $5 million offer from somewhere to be one of those one, two punch type running backs. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think you look at a lot, a lot of teams that could use a Jordan Wilkins right now. Like he is that good that you feel like he could be maybe not a starter, but he could definitely get some more playing time with other, other teams. So, Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. Man, if Jordan Wilkins was playing on the Bills last year, that'd be a scare. That'd be a scary team because <laughs> they had no running backs worth a darn, you know. Right. And Jordan Wilkins can run the football and he can pass block. Boy, it would have been nice if <laughs> I know this is a Colts thing, but I mean, if the Bills had a running back that could pass block for Josh Allen, that'd be even scarier. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> but I'm glad that he's not on their team right now. No, uh, we'll, we'll no. take it for another year. Um, yes. But yeah, Lawrence, it is interesting. You did mention um, how all these running backs are so vastly different in what they mm-hmm. provide for this for this Colts offense. I mean, it's it's amazing actually how each guy has their specialty, their thing that they're really really good at. Marlon Max more of a well rounded guy. He's just really balanced, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you meant you mentioned just all these guys have certain things that stick out about them, and I think that that honestly makes this Colts offense so unpredictable because you're just like. Who are we going to stop, right? Okay, we can stop if we stop Jonathan Taylor. We're going to stop Naheem Hines, and, and so on and so forth. And so, uh, I just think overall, yeah, bringing back Marlon Mack. I know a lot of people thought it wasn't going to happen, but I think it's just even more now with the seventeenth game. It's so crucial for what the Colts want to do, and if and when they get into the playoffs, how they can change it up and how they can just attack other teams and really put the the, the weight off of Carson Wentz's shoulders if they can run the balls effectively as we feel like they can with all four of these running backs in the stable. But that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Lawrence, as always, thanks for coming on, man. It's always a good conversation. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Colts. 